Hello and welcome to I'm Okay Though, which is a podcast about mental health and about normalizing therapy and about talking in layman terms about what it all means. Also, just two friends having a nice chat and catching up and checking in on each other and seeing how seeing how we're doing. My name's Owen Cutts. I'm a writer, producer, and with me is, as always, it's Jodie Karras. Hi, Jodie. Hello, I'm Jodie. I'm a therapist and I'm the founder of Cellspace. Is your actual name Cutts? Yeah. That's amazing, isn't Real it? Real name. I mean, I've always thought that. Is that his just his like star name? His like <laughs> stage his name. Stage name. That's it. I always have to try and when I'm working, I have to try and shoehorn in that it's my real name, because otherwise it's kind of like I feel like some like w- rubbish producer name. You know, like I should be called like Owen Hits or like <laughs> something like that. But it works so. But it would be like me being called Jody Analyze, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it would be because when you when you write a song. Or produce a song and it goes out. That's called getting a cut. Is it really? Yeah. Honestly, you were born to it, weren't born you? Born to do it, yeah. You were born to it. But it's my it. real name, 2Ts, C-U-T-T-S. Her names are so powerful. My son's called Elvis. I love that. Yeah. That wasn't the name that we were going with. We were going with Kit or we had something else. And when he was born, I was like, oh, I really like Elvis. I think, I'm mean, not Elvis fan, really. Yeah. And... I had the response was so huge from my family, like lots of them. Uh, we're not going to call him that. We're just going to call him L. No way. It was so, yeah, I don't know why I'm off on a tangent about names. My daughter's called Tiny. Is that her actual name, Tiny? No, her actual name's Clementine. Ah, that's a gorgeous name. Yeah. So she's called Clementine Cuts, but Clementine and Tiny. She's, and he, she is tiny, isn't she? She's really little, yeah. She's tiny. <laughs> so tiny cuts. And my son's called Buddy, so much like Buddy's Elvis. A cool yeah, name. he's like Buddy Holly or Buddy Guy. Yeah. Buddy Rich. Uh, Elvis is such a cool name. It's a good name, eh? And he is quite swaggy as is well. He? So that's good. Because I can also remember thinking he's got to be able to carry this because his second name's Courtney. So he didn't really have anywhere to go. If he and I think it it means all wise Elvis actually it's like a really old name. Oh, nice! But it's not that common, is it? No. Considering the popularity of Elvis. Yeah, and people do say has now left the building. Yeah, and it's kind of annoying. And then my daughter is called Bieber, and when she was at nursery, she came home and she said, "Mummy, everybody's calling me Justin." And I was like, what? It took me ages to register. And I was like, oh, right. That's Justin Bieber. And she she's named after Bieber Larnicky, the 60s designer. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I guess we're talking a bit about identity, aren't we? Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. And and what does it mean? What do people put on us as our identity? What do yeah. they project onto us? Well, interesting you should say about living up to names. I went to a party with my son. They're all sitting around playing pass to parcel and, and uh, sitting very nicely. And there was this kid there and uh, he had this like really strange haircut, you know, like the f- fringe was like really blunt. And then he had like long hair, but it wasn't like a mullet. It was like a blunt fringe and long hair. And he was called Flash. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> was that his actual his name? His name was Flash. Gosh. And I was like, you call your son Flash and like, you you know, you, th- you feel like you got a, you know, you have an image in your head. Of how that is. Are you being mean here? Are you being mean Am about I that being boy? Mean? I I'm don't so know. I'm so sorry, Flash. Yeah, it's, it's you got, you know, Elvis, Flash, 
You know, these are names. We're loading these are strong it. names. Yeah, there's a load in there. It's interesting that we're talking about there. I noticed I was becoming more nervous as you were talking about Flash. And I think today we were going to talk about proper self-care. Hey, What does it really mean to take care of our mental health? That is one of them. So the way I understand proper self-care is in terms of what we were just talking about, don't gossip. Okay, so when when we gossip, which we could, that could be seen as gossipy or we're not yep. talking, yeah, it's yeah. not completely Bitchy. authentic. It's not wholesome. And I'm not proposing we only have to have nice thoughts and rays of sunshine need to beam out of our face all the time. That's not, that's not life. That's yeah. not real. But when we gossip, one of my top kind of proper self-care tips is don't gossip or try not to gossip. And when you do, notice why you're doing it and what's happening. Only bad stuff can come from gossiping, really. It's about not being able to have the conversation with the person. It's about not owning something, right? And I think that there's a misconception about what self-care is. I'd be interested to know what you think about self-care, but that just made me think that that's one of mine, which is try not to gossip. All right, can I ask something about gossiping? Yeah. I'm going to be really honest. Yeah. yeah. And I love a good bit. Do you? Yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah. What is it? about me or people that enjoy it mm. what's that what does it make you feel when you're gossiping though okay i'm i'm gonna try and be a bit <laughs> therapist about this yeah okay i think it's like inclusion in like you're having an inclusive conversation that you know you shouldn't be having with someone else about somebody else. About someone else. So it's a way of creating meaning for you. Or a connection with the other person or like, what is it? Uh, or is it... Yeah, that makes sense. Stay with that a minute. It's kind of created this bond that only you two have because you're having this little sneaky chat. or About that. About, about someone, someone else. else. And I guess it's not even the fact that it's about someone else. It's about it's the fact that you're... In it together. Yeah, is, yeah maybe. My encouragement there would be to try to recreate that without vilifying or being mean about somebody else or talking about their business because what you're looking for there is connection, right? Mm -hmm. That connection, whilst it can feel momentarily fun, mm -hmm. is not purely authentic. It's not one of those things where you come away and you're like, you might be like, oh, we had a laugh. But you're not like, I feel really good. Like, that was really good. That yeah. was a great conversation. Yeah, yeah. I don't mean that everything needs to be like really deep. And, uh, but the encouragement would be to try to find ways to connect that don't involve you dishonoring yourself somehow. Because, listen, we all do it. it I'm sure everybody has done it. Yeah. But I, one of my, my top tips for proper self-care would be to try to do it less. And to be more conscious about what you're what you're doing. So I've said what I think gossiping is <laughs> for and about. What do you think it does? I think it's often a fear of conflict or I think it's about often not being able to say what we need to say in the right place. It might not be to that person, 
But if we are trying to take a superior position, i.e. or that person's music is shit or they're blah, 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 I'm not proposing that's what what you say or or guess what's happening with them. Mm -hmm. We're trying to take some authority over that person or over the situation. We're trying to get some one-upmanship and that, Mm. I would imagine, often comes from a lack of confidence. Yeah. It isn't an expression of confidence that, So there's either an avoidance of being able to talk about, we can gossip about ourselves or, you know, oh, my my best friend is really upsetting me or, uh, you know, I'm not in love with my husband anymore or whatever the thing is. You often find this at parties yeah, and, and it's kind of upsetting because when the person is gossiping, they're telling everyone else other than the person they need to tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that feels too hard. Yeah. You find it in companies and it can become so toxic, you know, like, oh God, about that boss or about that person. So much more powerful to try to to have the conversation, to say what needs to be said. Yeah. But that is one of my my top tips. What do you we were gonna talk about self-care today? What when you think about self-care, what do you think about? Exercise. Yeah. As like the number one mm-hmm. self-care yeah. thing. Because I know it's good for your mental health and I know it's good for you, obviously, for your physical health. But it's also making that choice to take care of yourself. Yes, it is a really effective self-care strategy. Yeah. But anything that we think about when we we talk about a self-space, my partner Chance and I about, you know, what do we actually mean by proper self-care? And there's a fantasy in the world that, somehow having a lush bath bomb in your bath and a glass of bubbles or going for one run is somehow going to fix everything. That's not really self-care. Maybe that's a bit around kind of nurturing yourself. Exercise is a really good one because it it does give you routine, ritual. It raises your endorphins and serotonin. It does help with your mental health, but it's not going to solve anything for you or sort it out if that makes sense so I think it's one of the the pillars for good self-care as long as it doesn't become addictive that you don't beat yourself up if you don't exercise if it doesn't but just become another thing to do yeah like a distraction a distraction it is good as part of a kind of self-care routine but I would be thinking about in terms of kind of proper self-care one would be making the unsaid said Mm. So how do we say what we really need to say in all of our relationships? Okay, so what I think is happening here is like I see self-care as doing nice things for yourself. <laughs> gentle and comfortable. And being gentle and comfortable. And you see self-care as being confrontational and <laughs> perhaps more difficult. Ah, yeah. Confrontational is interesting. Where did you get that from? Because you're confronting Okay, so things. not in a kind of conflict. No, no, no. I meant more as like, okay, what self-care here could be me confronting the problem or confronting this person yeah, or not bitching about it or not like going to the gym and ignoring it. Yes, exactly. So Is it's, that confrontation? Is that the wrong word? No, you're, you, you're right in terms of conf- how I confront it, but people often think confrontational is like argumentative. Yeah, no, I don't mean that. I meant more... Kind of we, we, so I think it's about exactly what you're saying. I don't think it is the soft, gentle stuff. Right. I think that's a nice cushioned bed for when we're doing the work. Yeah. That's quite important to define. Yeah. And identify. Yeah. That self care doesn't 
in this conversation, yeah. self-care doesn't mean pamper. No, because I think that is a component of self-love, right? I right. deserve nice things yeah. and I reward myself or I include this in my routines. That's definitely nice and, you, you know, it has its purposes. But for me, proper self-care is around, you know, how do we roll up our sleeves and we really do the work. So, yeah, making the unsaid said, I think, is really helpful because when we carry shit around that needs to be spoken, it just gets heavy. The other one is sleep. How are we giving ourselves the best opportunity to be able to handle life? Yeah. And if we're partying all the time and we're not sleeping, then we're going to feel rubbish. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So sleep is a is a kind of really important one. What are we putting in our bodies? That's big for me. That yeah. one. That's big for me. What you eat? Yeah. Huge. Drink. Like can really turn my turn me. Mm. Obviously we've spoken about before I had that stomach issue that brought on so many Yeah. different issues. For me now since then I'm so hyper aware of how I'm feeling and does it correlate to what I've eaten and, and, and drank. Drinking water was a revelation. Did you not drink water before? I did, but it wasn't medicinal. Mm. For me, drinking water is medicinal. It's not, oh, I'd really like a litre of water. You kind of make yourself do it. I make myself do it, yeah. And I go through stages, obviously I go through periods and sometimes I don't stick to it. And I'm really bad. But if I get dehydrated, I can feel like I'm borderline having an anxiety attack. First thing I go to is like, okay, let's just have a think. What have I drank? Mm. And then I drink a load of water and I always feel fine. But that's me. That's like, I'm not saying that's for everyone, but dehydration for me can feel like anxiety. it It sends you off kilter, right? And this idea that, that we need to be conscious about, and I think your point around this idea that medicinal, which is a bit like, oh, that tastes disgusting, I've got to do it. Yeah. I think proper self-care is that. Mm-hmm. I don't think we always want to do it, but I think we need to. Yeah. We both drink water <laughs> right yeah. now. I'm drinking water right now, yeah. <laughs> but, but it's exactly that. And, and you know, this symbolically water is really powerful because it, it kind of represents flow. Yeah. So rather than a stuckness, it's a flowingness. It's like a kind of, it's the metaphor for what we want in our life, which is more flow. And so I think that symbolically, actually, practically, um, you know, water is really important in terms of self-care. I also think that obviously we're 70% water and I've always had a theory that humans are different around water. Like seaside towns are often more relaxing to be around uh, and cities with canal based systems like us well only sort of like I'm talking about more visible like Amsterdam oh, right like yeah Venice. it's got a kind of a, a calmer pace there's a calmer pace and I feel like when humans live for a long time around water we're definitely more healthier healthier and fluid mm, that's interesting and it's, it's absolutely steeped in no <laughs> Education. No, 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 and I don't know the research on that, but often people want to escape to the sea, and water in analysis is really symbolic of the unconscious. Yeah, I think it's a lot. I think there's a lot to be said. I'm enjoying open water swimming as well. Mm. I love swimming. Yeah. Really helpful. 
And so that's, a, you know, this idea of kind of what do I know does bring me kind of peace or do I like doing and is helpful to me is also self-care, you know. Um, one of the other ones I was going to say was boundary setting. Right. That's That's hard. That's a bit like your confrontation piece, which is boundary setting can feel com- confrontational internally right. it can feel like emotionally charged okay and typically what are we talking about in relationships in relationships at work in in life if we can become well versed at putting ourselves first to hold the boundaries because most resentments and conflict build when we don't hold around boundaries so when we say yes but we mean no because we're people pleasing or we don't want to rock the boat. We don't want to upset people. Right. We want to be seen to be able to do everything and we don't show our limitations. All of these are compromising to the self. So a boundary might sound like, listen, I, I don't check my WhatsApp after nine or I'm not going to be getting back to you then. Might sound like, cool. <laughs> might, like yeah, might sound like, I know this is really important for you. I hear that, but I, I'm not going to be able to do that for you. But I can do X. Right. Because I, w- I was going to ask, what does that sound like? You know, because I think my immediate go-to with setting boundaries was, I'm going to have to be quite aggressive mm, here. Most people do think yeah. that. Yeah. So that's why I was going to ask, Yeah. what does it sound like? What does it look like? And, and those two examples those then were really calming and sort of fair. Yes. Why do we feel like it? we can't be... I think that often we worry, you know, it depends how boundaries were set in our in our early lives as well. We often experience boundaries as something uh, withdrawing or taking away from us. You're not allowed to do that, which can be really helpful, but can also feel really punitive. Yeah. So when we come to setting our own boundaries, the only experience we have is around a conflict or mm. it needs to be aggressive or it's going to be upsetting, which it might well be. If I say, listen, I, I'm really not going to be able to come to your hen do. Um, I love you a lot and yeah. you're really special, but I'm not drinking at the moment and I don't think it's the right environment for me or my energy levels just aren't going to run to it. We know that that might disappoint someone yeah. and that they might get angry. So we feel fear around what that means and that can sometimes mean we compromise ourselves yeah definitely so i think boundary setting and feeling kind of worried about boundaries and setting them does come from our early experience and it also comes from when we shift the dynamic between being children to adults where we can have our own boundaries Mm. you know thanks for calling mum. i'm not going to give you a ring today because i'm too got too much on i haven't got anything to say can feel like oh gosh yeah, yeah you know i'm suddenly not the child that has to do everything that they're told yeah. so we're sort of shifting shifting those things around but boundaries can help us across our life they give us autonomy they give us confidence they give us power and i i think what's really helpful when we set boundaries is explaining right so not just going no yeah but this is why yeah so for example at work it might be I don't believe in the don't send emails after eight or, or whatever. I think it's up to you whether you read them or not. I don't think it's about yeah. the other way around. Right, right, right. But so at work, it might sound like I don't attend meetings after five because I pick my children up or I I don't have much bandwidth at that point. 
So I think if we're able to give context, then it can really help people understand. And when we we notice that when we don't hold our boundaries, life can feel quite difficult. We can end up like overcommitting, turning up at things and feeling like I really don't want to be here. Yeah. It attacks our authenticity. Yeah. It's a lot. And and I guess the, the stage where you know you've got to start setting them is when you're exhausted or when you're... Well, that might be an indicator. Look, we're all about proactivity, not waiting to be reactive. Mm. So a reactive boundary might just be like, oh, God, fuck off, you know. Mm. That isn't that helpful. Mm. So if we can start to be more proactive about it, which is, you know, thinking, really thinking, do I want to do this? Can I do it? Is it possible for me before you you commit? Yeah. is helpful. Rather than being in a reactive space where you're suddenly like, oh, I haven't got anywhere to go here. So it's preempting, maybe. Preempting, considering yourself. And the more you set boundaries, the easier it'll yeah. be. Knowing yourself. Knowing yourself, knowing your limitations, laying out your stool, being honest. Yeah. I guess once you do it once yeah. and the and the, the fallout isn't what you thought it was going to yeah. be. Yeah, the you more can... you do it, the easier it is. I think. So that's another one. Do you do it? Do you set boundaries? I was just thinking then, um, when you said about the work one, I do, yeah, but I didn't really realise they were boundaries. So give me an example. Like I say, I I don't work past seven because creatively I don't go into the evening. It Mm. doesn't run into the evening. I don't know why, but I know that about myself. And my creative sort of, peak is at like 9.30 till like 11.30. In the morning. In the morning. But no one wants to work. In music, no one wants to do that. So, you know, if I start at like midday, then you're catching a lot of it. Yeah. And, and then by five, you're six, tired. I'm tired. I'm, maybe that's why I said knowing yourself is important because I know that getting to those times, it's not going to benefit anyone. So I say, look, respectively, I don't, I don't work late. I, you know, if you want to work with me, mm. these are the times. And it makes sense. And I think, you know, I often hear people saying things like, "Oh, I, I wish she." We go into the gossipy thing. I wish she wouldn't show me pictures of my ex on her Instagram. Let's just say that that one of them. So the boundary there might be: I'd really rather you didn't talk about that because it upsets me. Yeah. Or. It might be around, you know, people borrow, somebody continually borrowing money from you, let's just say, and you want to help. So the way to frame it is, listen, I really want to support you, but I'm not going to lend you any more money, but I can do, I'll make you a lasagna if you want. But, But how do we have difficult conversations often that really help and enhance our lives? That's something I would really think about when I think about proper self care. Yeah. Another one is I think it's good to talk about money. Yeah. I think money can become really loaded in people's lives. So loaded for me. Is it? I can't do it. Can't talk about no. it. I cannot talk about it. Mm. Why? I think it's because when I don't have it, there's nothing I, there's nothing to talk about. There's nothing I can do. But it might be worrying you. Yeah, it definitely does what it definitely worries me. But if there's times when, you know, I don't have the money to do it or I don't have the money to pay for something or I don't, you know, it's kind of like, well, stop asking me about because I can't do anything about it. 
what do you mean stop asking me about it? You, I don't, what do you mean? Like, you know, because you're saying it's good to talk, like you talk with your partner or you talk with right, someone about, okay, about money or you talk to your parents or your whoever. It's like... There's nothing I can do about it right now. Well, but I think that's that's me pushing it away. Rather than saying, let's let's just say how might you get underneath the skin of that, yeah. which is rather than you feeling attacked by it, yeah. how would you, how could you sit in that in a way that's like, do you know, I would really like to talk about it actually because I'm feeling worried or kind of anxious about this and or... So that rather than you taking a defensive position, which closes down any connection, yeah. you're able to say, even if the outcome is still the same, well, I'm disappointed you haven't got any money or whatever. The way that you approach it is really helpful for not feeling lonely, for not feeling on your own with the problem. Money is a, a key contributor to poor mental health, not just not having enough, but having too much. Or how we pip ourselves against other people's successes and what money means. And I think if we talk more readily about money, it will kind of shift stigma and it will help kind of, yeah, help move us away from shame around it. Yeah, I think there's also, you saying shame around it. I have had times in my life where I'm borrowing of Peter to play Paul. Yeah. That's a difficult, that feels difficult. And you're kind of bobbing and weaving and you're like, okay, it's just, put, put it this way. I've had times in my life where I've got a parking ticket yeah, and I can't pay it. But I know by the time they write to me you and, can pay and it. it's doubled, oh, I'll have, I can pay that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Because I, I'm like, okay, that money's coming in then. So I can't pay this now. But I can do it then. But I'll pay double later. Wow. Because I know I'll have money in the bank Because you'd rather do that than ask someone to borrow the money. Yeah. Mm. Or talk about it. Or talk about it. Yeah. It's quite anxiety causing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I think if yeah. we can start talking about money, I can remember when I first came to London where I was very, I was 17 or 18 and I, I mean, I think I was earning six and a half grand. I worked for Select Models as a booker. I had no money. I was so thick, skinny, like it was ridiculous. And uh, my friend, my best friend, she got a job at Goldman Sachs. Yeah. And she got a £35,000 golden handshake, I can remember. And she didn't tell me that, though. <laughs> I found that out. But we went out for a drinks. So we went to the Met Bar. Do you remember the Met Bar? The Met probably like really posh. Yeah. And and I can remember she didn't buy a drink all night. And I was so angry about that, mm. but couldn't talk about it. Yeah. Couldn't talk about it. And I was obviously kind of more angry or not angry, upset about the kind of disparity between what was going on. And had we been able to talk about it, I think it would have really supported our friendship. Yeah. Rather than me just being like, oh God, you know, whatever I was feeling at the time. But she was embarrassed. She didn't want to be seen showing off, buying the drinks, yeah. talking about it or celebrating in the way she might have done. There's so much around just, yeah, money, isn't there? such so, a lot. So loaded. And how money was in our families, what it meant. How relationship with pocket money was money, did money replace uh, emotional connection or yeah. love? Were our parents always working? You know, there's so much around it that I do think it is quite useful to think about ourselves and money and our relationship to it. Also, like the age you have it or don't have it. and Yeah. 
I was talking to a friend who's a professional poker player. I have a friend. Wow. So his relationship with money is very strange. Mm. It's obviously like tax-free. There's winnings and all sorts. He's been, had loads. He's lost it. He's, you know, fluctuated. He said that one of the best poker players had 10 million at 19. Wow. And now he's basically on the run. Because? He lost it all. Gosh. And that, and then borrowed and then didn't pay and now he's he's obviously like in his thirties now, saying, but he's he's on the run basically. So distressing. Yeah. And I think the money, you know, money can be distressing. Yeah. It's it, it, and I I do think we need to talk about it more. I agree. One of the things you're always told is don't ask people how much they earn. Yeah, but why not? Why? Why is that? Because well, because it was. I, I think it was all sort of shrouded, wasn't it? Around, you know, before historically, what it meant and bringing up people's insecurities, and it still does. Money makes people jealous. It makes people horrid, as yeah. well. But I think if we don't, it's a bit like mental health and therapy. The more we keep it in the shadows, the more powerful it becomes for the worse. Yeah. Not for the better. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so it would be interesting to hear from people about their proper self-care tips, yeah. things that help people to feel well. I'd be really interested. Yeah, me too. Especially because I sort of immediately went to the sort of like self-love. Yeah, which is, a con you know, it does contribute, but it's not the actual work. Yeah. The work is much less easy, less glamorous, less luxurious. It's yeah. much more kind of getting your hands dirty and doing the stuff that's hard yeah but exercise can be like that nobody really is like wicked I'm going to the gym I go through such phases <laughs> with exercise yeah I do like four months of, not even four like two months of just like really into this mm. I'm really going every day and I'm really I'm a bit of an all or nothing kind of guy <laughs> and then it just stops and you're like oh you know what life's too short to like you know if I want to eat that donut I'm going to have it and look I go through that phase and then I'm like, no, I'm back. <laughs> Sustainability might be your goal then. Yeah. Like, what do I do? How do I get balance? Yeah. So that that kind of the, the peaks and troughs is not that useful. It's not stabilizing. Yeah. It doesn't like ever achieve the no. goal of like what I want from the beginning. When when I set out at the beginning. Yeah. Like my, my goal is never achieved. And then sometimes I think, the very first time I did that, if I'd have just consistently gone to the gym in a really kind of manageable way, way you know, I, my goals would have been achieved. Absolutely. I'm a massive one for consistency. Yeah. Don't deny yourself anything completely. Don't overindulge often. Try to have a kind of sustainable approach to all of the things that impact your mental health, your sleep, your food, your drink, your exercise. Your partying, your work, consistency, sustainability, boring sometimes, a bit grey, but really helpful. Really useful. So I think those are the kind of key ones for me. But it's been good to good to talk about them. Yeah, and good to differentiate. You know, what what, what does it mean? And um, I guess it's all rooted in taking a first step, really, isn't it? And like, it's all about. No one's going to do it for you. You've got to do it yourself. And I uh, listen, I do think therapy can help with all of this. 
because sometimes doing the proper self-care stuff, I can say it easily here. Yeah. But in practice in life, it can be really hard and it brings up a lot for us. So having a space that you can go and process is so helpful. And build your confidence. Build your confidence. Somebody to champion you, someone to challenge you when you need it. It's really helpful. So please get in touch with us let us know like hit us on the social what's your socials then at the self space at the self space yeah at the self space or at Owen Cuts on Instagram just get in touch love to know your kind of self care routines whether you thought self care was self more self love like I did or whether you've been doing some self care in terms of confronting some things or some people I think I think not gossiping is a really cool one I'm definitely going to take that into my life so let us know and thank you for listening thank you and we'll see you next time